Support comes from Kenmore Air, offering escapes to the beautiful San Juan Islands this spring. Convenient daily 45-minute flights to San Juan Island, Orcas, and Lopez Islands from only $169 per person one way. Bookings available now at KenmoreAir.com. You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. Okay, here's some cliches that this next segment could start with. Chocolate. Roses. Chocolate roses. Candy hearts. Weird smooth hearts that look nothing like a human heart. Greeting cards. These are some of the more obvious Valentine's Day symbols, but before we dismiss them, and no shame on those of you who bought your Valentine a chocolate heart, these all come from a desire to connect and be loved. We as humans love love. We need it, in fact, and we revisit it again and again in romantic stories. But what makes a great love story? What books can reach off the page and get us a little hit of that tingly, exhilarating, butterflies-in-the-stomach feeling that we crave? To find out, we went straight to the source, a romance author and a bookseller here in Seattle. I'm joined by Joe Segura, a USA Today bestselling author whose most recent book is titled Raiders of the Lost Heart, and Charlie Hunts, the owner of Charlie's Queer Books in Seattle's Fremont neighborhood. Charlie and Joe, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Good morning. So, Joe, I want to start with you. Big picture, what makes a great romantic story? Oh, gosh. Oh, so much. Just having those feelings of love, the warm fuzzies that you get when you're reading about, you know, these characters who are falling in love for the first time or sometimes re-falling in love again. You know, it just gives us this thrill and you get excited about it when you're reading it. You know, sometimes I read contemporary romance or I read paranormal romance or I read, you know, historical romance and they all have different themes in them. They all have, you know, different storylines, but in the end, it's all about finding that connection between the main characters so that they have that, that building of those wonderful feelings that we all get when we fall in love. Charlie, same question. What are the elements that combine to make a great romantic story? Oh, I fully agree. I mean, romance is more than just a hot plot. It's well-rounded characters, tension that builds. It's nice when it's love in the face of extenuating circumstances. So like ingrained fat phobia, poverty, a magical time-traveling subway car. You know, it, it also gives you the chance to experience the full spectrum of love stories from ones that aren't really possible in our world, like fantasy and paranormal, to the everyday meet-cute. And we love a meet-cute. I mean, uh, there's nothing I love more than a meet-cute other than a missed connection. That one really gets me, too. So what's a title that you'd recommend for folks who are looking for love this Valentine's Day, want to really dive into a great love story right now, Joe? What's something that you would highlight? Uh, well, aside from, of course, Raiders of the Lost Heart. Certainly um... <laughs> available at all fine booksellers. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's Charlie's Queer Books right now, but, you know, it'll be uh, all kinds of wonderful booksellers. Yes. You know, I have always, I've got so many book recommendations. It's really hard to narrow down just a few. So I'll just give you a few recommendations from books that I recently read that gave me all the feels that I really crave in a book. First is Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood. I'll read anything that she writes. She just, every single book she writes gives me those feelings. 
The X-Vows by Jessica Joyce, which is coming out later this year. It was a second chance romance with a couple that reconnected at a friend's wedding, and it just ticked all the right boxes. And then the last one that I will throw out there is What is Love by Jen Comfort, which is coming out in April. She's also a Pacific Northwest author. Um, it's a Jeopardy-inspired rom-com. and it Did you say Jeopardy-inspired? Jeopardy like inspired. Alex Trebek? Yes. It's <laughs> a, on, a, on a show, instead of being called Jeopardy, it's called Answers. But it is just super, super fun and hilarious and sexy and it's got all the stuff that you really want in an enemies to lovers which is my personal favorite trope and also the trope that you find in Raiders of the Lost Heart. Okay so Charlie I'm walking into Charlie Square Books in Fremont I'm looking for a story that is going to make me feel something how can you top a Jeopardy inspired love story what do you recommend? Well, if you're feeling a little angsty, if you're getting in touch with your inner emo millennial, I always recommend uh, Skater Boy by Anthony Narada just came out. Something Wild and Wonderful by Anita Kelly will make you feel all kinds of things. I've had a couple customers now tell me it's made them cry on an airplane. One Last Stop by Casey McKinston. Now, what conversation about romance would be had around queer books without Casey? If you want a classic, Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe by Fanny Flagg. And for families who just want to talk about love in general, not necessarily you know romantic love, but Love Makes a Family is a great picture book that I recommend. I'm talking with Charlie Hunts, the owner of Charlie's Queer Books in Seattle's Fremont neighborhood, and also Joe Segura, a USA Today bestselling author whose most recent book is titled Raiders of the Lost Heart. And Joe, you brought up the trope enemies to lovers, which is also one of my favorites. And it is at the center of one of the greatest of all times, of course, Pride and Prejudice. Now, where do we stand on Mr. Darcy today? I need both of you experts to weigh in here because there has been a conversation started by English professor Rachel Fetter, maybe others before her, who argues that Mr. Darcy is actually a big problem. I mean, he's convinced generations of people that jerks are redeemable. Where do you stand on Mr. Darcy? Joe, we'll start with you then, Charlie. Oh, goodness. Okay. You know, let's get into it, Joe. We got to get to the serious topics here. These are very serious. You know, I do think that jerks can be redeemable. But, you know, one of the things that I think is really important when you're dealing with those types of characters is to understand why they're being jerks. Now, Mr. Darcy, he's just so pompous and arrogant just from the get-go. But, you know, deep down, he has more depth to him. So it's not just that that's the only part of him. But it is really hard to get past that until you really read further into the story and find out why he's like that. I think the same can be said about a lot of enemies to lovers books where, you know, you initially see just in those first few pages, this tension and this, you know, this real animosity between the characters, but a really great enemies to lovers will help the reader to see, well, why is that character like that? Where did this history come from? And really digging deep into those feelings, it can be done really, really well. So long as you give them 
a reason as to why they're enemies, but also a reason as to why they're redeemable because mm -hmm. it can't just be jerks. If they're just jerks, you're going to you're going to lose readers and they're just not ever going to get over it. Yeah. And there's got to be genuine change and, and evolution shown throughout that narrative. I mean, yes. with Mr. Darcy, we have, you know, amazing acts of service like that. People have different love languages, right? He's going out. Yes. He's bailing out Lydia. He's bailing out the whole Bennett family. Charlie, your feelings. Where are we at with Mr. Darcy? <laughs> I think what makes books so lovely is they can provide that kind of context and space to explain why they're that way. There's a, certainly a, a good history of problematic characters and in romance. There's reasons why we are the way they are we are. And I I appreciate the space that that books can can provide for characters like Darcy. I also think there's so many retellings of that story now that provide other contexts for why that character is the way that they are. There's a book called Written in the Stars by a local author, Alexandria Bellaflor. Written in the Stars, most ardently just came out. That's a queer retelling. I think that this story still resonates with people. There are a lot of romantic stories out there, of course. You know, it's one of the tried and true genre fiction things in, in the literature world today that's a dependable way uh, to get people into bookstores. How do stories stand out, though? I mean, do readers return for the familiar patterns of these types of, you know, overcoming obstacles, enemies to lovers, things like that? Or is, does there have to be some spark that distinguishes a story from the genre? Joe and then Charlie. You know, we talked already about some tropes. And I think a lot of romance readers, when they're going into a book, they want to know that, number one, if it's a romance, it has to have a happily ever after. This is much debated, but it shouldn't be because that is the definition of a romance book. But I think really what brings people back to romance is they want to get those feelings. They want to, you know, relive those moments when you first fall in love. You know, I've been married for almost 20 years now, but you know, you don't, when you've been married to someone for so long, you don't get that same feeling that you get when you first fall in love. You know, those butterflies in the stomach, that just warm, fuzzy feeling. You can't wait to see that person. But also and the sweaty, nervousness, anxiety. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. what do I smell like? Why is my, my palms are so sweaty and I'm nervous and, you know, just all those exactly. feelings. Yes, you don't get those things when you've been with someone for a very long time. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't still love that person, but you your love changes when you've been with a person. And so, you know, I always go back to romance books because I love that feeling. I love that feeling first falling in love. And so being able to see the characters on the page experience that, then I can still experience that too. And it's just this delight when you're reading romance books and no other books do that. Charlie, what's the balance between a genre that, you know, brings you a lot of the same patterns or a lot of the same key beats in a narrative versus, you know, mixing things up and standing out from the crowd? I think I want to see myself on the page 
you know, it, it's a lot like what Joe was saying, where we want to relive those fuzzy feelings. I want to see myself in the characters, especially with queer books. There's now all this representation and I can now see a trans man like me falling in love. I can see the early twenties that I wish that I had. <laughs> and it gives me a lot of hope for the future to have next generations see these kinds of positive love stories coming out. I, I personally love a second chance romance. I had to, back in 2009, I had to wink twice uh, at my wife on match.com <laughs> in order to meet her. <laughs> wow, and, that's uh, a blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She finally gave me a chance and, and here we are, uh, you know, all these years later, still together. And our love has changed over the years. And so I think that seeing that on the page where we get to either live out the love we want to see in the world or like Joe was saying, re-experience something again for the first time. Okay, not everybody loves Valentine's Day. Some people find it to be painful or uh, just sort of irritating to have to have all these reminders and the commercialization of of love uh, during this holiday. So for folks who are completely trying to stay away from the whole love thing, let's end on a non-romantic recommendation from you both. Joe and then Charlie, what do you recommend for folks who are like the Scrooge of Valentine's Day? Um, I don't know if this one is necessarily a Scrooge of Valentine's Day, but it's a book that's still about love, but in a different way. So the book is Big Chicas Don't Cry by Annette Chavez Macias. It is a book about four cousins and each have their own story. They do have romantic subplots and, you know, each of them are going through their own, you know, romantic issues but they're not all a happily ever after. And it's really more about these cousins and their love for each other and their you know, love for trying to help each other find who they are and love themselves and less about you know them finding the man of their dreams or the woman of their dreams. It's about you know accepting yourself and being happy with yourself and your love for your family. It's a beautiful book. It is just one of my favorite reads of the last couple of years, and I can't recommend it enough. Okay, so for everybody who is trying to furiously write these recommendations down, we will be sharing them on our website at KUOW.org just as fast as we can transcribe everything. Charlie, take us home. What is your maybe less focused on romance recommendation on this Valentine's Day? Well, if you really want a good laugh actually on valentine's day just uh look up anything by chuck tingle <laughs> because that maybe not on your work computer but anything all the titles are fabulous it's just a light-hearted look at at love and all its forms my producer here hans anderson was about to type it into one of his his work laptops no 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 <laughs> and he just he just threw up his hands as soon as you warned him off uh, no, so thank if you, you look for on that good reads it's okay uh, <laughs> but i mean there are great titles like godly heathens where the characters experience uh, different forms of identity in the way that they see love and they're not the most squeaky clean characters. And it's by a, a wonderful local author who is trans, H.E. Edgman. And it's a, it, think uh, 
Magical Kid Fight Club. <laughs> All right. Charlie Hunts is the owner of Charlie's Queer Books in Seattle's Fremont neighborhood. And Joe Segura is a USA Today bestselling romance author whose most recent book is titled Raiders of the Lost Heart. Thank you both for hanging out with me, having some fun conversation and recommendations. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And before we go, listeners, we also asked you for your favorite books about love, and you delivered. Oh, hi, this is Dar. I'm in Seattle. Hi, my name is Kimberly. I live in Lily Wall, Washington on Hood Canal. Hi, this is Susie. Hi, this is Maya in Seattle, and I'm calling with a favorite book about love which is the novel Peace Like a River by Leif Anger. It is not a romance, but it is a beautiful, uh, lyrical novel about a boy and his love for his family and family's love for him and for each other and um, a wonderful adventure story. There's some sadness and some beauty and some love of all kinds embedded within it and it's a wonderful wonderful novel i encourage everyone to read it this is probably not most people's choice for a romantic book but it's one of the best i know james thurber's the last flower it's a lovely parable about living through the struggles in our world and still being together my husband and i still sign our cards to each other utlfd until the last flower dies it's a book that i read uh, recently, and also a BBC serialization of it, uh, Little Dorrit, uh, Charles Dickens, some of those really, really good, good love mystery, social commentary, uh, crime. It's oh, it's got everything. I wanted to recommend the book by Eric Fromm, The Art of Love, which is a philosophy, I guess, scientific analysis of the way the genders interact with each other and the way that the language of love manifests in different relationships. So I recommend it to anybody who wants to learn more about those relationships. Thank you and happy Valentine's Day. Oh, thank you to everybody who sent in their favorite stories about love. And thanks to Catherine Banwell for reading Susie's email. And that's it for today. You're listening to Soundside on KUOW FM Seattle, KUOW Tumwater, and KQOW Bellingham. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for listening to Soundside. And hey, this show is only possible because listeners support us. If you are able to give right now, check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday or anytime online at KUOW.org. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.